This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Welcome, everybody, boys and girls, young and old. Episode 20, here we are. A beautiful, beautiful package of friendship, wrestling, science, all blended together. This is the only podcast in the world that blends friendship, science, and wrestling. Mostly science. Mostly science with a dash of wrestling and just a hint of friendship. And speaking of beautiful packages, we have with me here today... Thank you for (laughs) a great introduction. This is one of the better ones I... And it's not even over yet, yeah. but it, it can be whenever we want. Do you, do you know off the top of your head your own nicknames at this point? God. If, I, if, you, were, if you were held at gunpoint, somebody's mugging you, and like, Ryan Murphy, what are your hard mark podcast nicknames? The soul, How many the soul you... Skater. Yes. Yes, that is one. <laughs> uh, I know there's like five others. You can't name one other one? I... Don't don't call me on this. Right? I've had a very I've had a very long week. I came in just you know any will, other day I could name them right off. I could just run through these. I will not have you sullying our twentieth episode. Give it, give it to me right now, and then on twenty first I'll bring it back with all. Man of a thousand compliments. Let me see if I can do them. I granted I just glanced down at my phone. Man of a thousand compliments. Man of a thousand compliments. Yeah. Uh, the Mater D of Matt drama. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> The Tampa Bay Top Slider. That's good. Because you love Tampa Bay. Uh, is there another one? That might be it. No, there's way more. There's oh, at least there's two, there's two more. There's two more. Yeah. There's two more. Uh, the Living Painting. That, that's a new one. No, it's not. It's definitely not. That's a... And The Talent. The Talent, yeah. <laughs> flying. We, we can either go with Flying Ryan Murphy or Ryan Deathmatch Murphy. I like both. They're both yeah. Good. I think I can hold on to three of those. For the 21st, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Deal. That uh, sounds like an agreement. We we made it. We made it to, to 20 episodes. What an accomplishment. I think we talked in an early episode how like most podcasts don't get beyond like four or five or something. And here we are four or five times that in, in episode 20. And we have quite the episode for everybody. You know why that is, Ryan? You know what we're going to be watching here today? Uh... Heather mentioned something. She did, yeah. yeah she, she's, she's not supposed to, but she <laughs> she spoiled some stuff. But uh, you know how many matches we're gonna watch? Seven. Six. I. <laughs> Six matches. Which this being episode twenty, we're already at nineteen matches ranked. I've got our. So are these? Sorry, are these all being ranked? These are all going to be ranked. Oh, gosh. Despite the fact that these are all shorter matches, we are going to rank them. They are going to add be added to our list. You are desperate to knock some of these down. And like, <laughs> well, why wouldn't we rank them? I mean, we should. I'm Scientifically, just, I, I, we should be ranking Absolutely. Everything. I'm just saying that doesn't mean you're less desperate to knock some of these matches down. I mean, maybe I am. <laughs> but that isn't uh, neither here nor there. Right. I think the most important thing is... The st- at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. 25 matches in total. Okay. That we'll have is right. That, is that where the number six came from? Okay. That's where the number six came from. Because right now we're at 19. Yeah. We had six to 19. Science math, that brings us to 25 matches. So, I mean, really, we're watching almost a third this is, yeah. of the total number of matches that we have right now. We're going to be watching a third of those here today. 
I'm gonna have to like get a notepad or something. Uh, you're gonna have to get a notepad. <laughs> this is gonna be tough for me to track. Usually one's like hard enough. Well, we're not. We're gonna rank them in between. So we're gonna talk about each match after each match. It's gonna be fresh in your mind, and then you're gonna rank them I, okay. as we go. Gotcha. So we're, we're not gonna put too much onus on you. All you gotta do is put your put your lab coat on. You say I can't handle watching six matches and then accurately analyzing what I've just seen. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think looking at this list, I'm not sure that you've accurately done okay. this when we've done one at this time, is uh, my opinion, but that that notwithstanding, uh, we're not going to put too much pressure on you. We will be talking about each match uh, as we go along. But before we do that, do you have anything for Ryan's Corner? Should I give you a little intro for Ryan's Corner? We might as well get it right out of the way. <laughs> it doesn't hurt my when, feelings. When I uh, so I this is you know you wanted a topic. Wait, but hold on, you are doing it. Well, I mean, I just thought about it while I was on the plane to Sacramento. I had a Ryan's Corner. <laughs> There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut line. Okay, now I don't proceed. <laughs> I don't know. I, we were flying. It's an hour and a half flight. It's not very long. When we're landing mm-hmm. on the approach, I like to view the window. I like to see what's going on outside. Why? What else are you going to do? Like, there, there's nothing, like, I've lost my Wi-Fi. No. I get an hour of Wi-Fi. It's an hour and a half flight. Oh, you're talking, okay, so I, I, I mean, well, misunderstood. So you like, you like doing that while the flight is actually going, not while you're landing. When you, I don't understand. Yes, like on the approach, as you're approaching the runway. So do you watch the whole time as the plane is landing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like to view like what's usually there's some sights. Not in Sacramento, there's nothing out there. But okay. I have continuous stories. <laughs> I have already thoughts about this. Okay. Everybody like six rows up had their windows completely shut. I didn't have a window seat, so I didn't have control over the window. Every single person windows down as I'm like coming, and I am just sitting there like I didn't know what to do. But all I wanted to see was like the little bit of the outside as we're approaching. And for some, I, I thought this was a thing. Everybody opened their window as we approached. When I have control of the window, mine's open as we as we land. No one. The whole into the airport, everyone kept their window down. I find people who put the windows up on planes annoying. Yeah. During the flight, though. <laughs> during the flight. I understand that people, like, want... The, that's fine. But when you're landing, don't you don't like to watch? No. Why? Sometimes... I'm not a nervous flyer, but I don't necessarily like the sensation of landing in a plane. And so oftentimes, especially if it's real, real jostly, I will just kind of keep my head down and close my eyes and just try and tune everything out. Really? Yeah. That's like the opposite of what I want to do at that time. What's the... Is there a purpose behind you wanting to look out the window? Is it... Is it, it makes me feel crash? like settled. Like I think. Like I know where I'm at, like relative to what's going Earth? on. Yeah. Like, I, like, that helps me. And I think, like, I am a nervous flyer. And so I don't like just being in this thing, like, as we're approaching the earth, the ground at yes. a very, like, rapid pace mm-hmm. to not know, like, what, like, is he going to hit the, is he going to hit the runway? Should I, like, warn the pilot that we're not, like, should I warn the pilot? <laughs> I'm just, I like to know where we're at. And everybody had the window shut. I'm saying this to you as a friend. Yeah. I wouldn't trust you <laughs> if you were the only person on a plane who knew we're going to crash. Yeah. 
you would not be the person I would put in charge of like sounding the alarm and letting just people knock on the cabin door. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's fine. I, I, there's I, nothing I, you realistically can do in that scenario. And, and like, and you, how would you know if things were going poorly in that scenario? You know, what, what's the difference? <laughs> if the plane's upside down, I get that, but. I think I've flown into SeaTac enough times to know exactly where we are relative to the landing strip. Like, you know, okay. like if we feel a little bit low, sure. we need to speed up a little bit. I can mm-hmm. call an attendant over and... Do you have any other weird flying eccentricities besides needing to look out a window? I, no, I always, I always get the like, I'm definitely going to die on this flight. Like, before takeoff. I hate... I don't like... And, like, I'm like, are we going up quick enough? Like, are we, like, falling backwards into, like, every time, like, the anxiety just... I'm not really, like, getting onto a plane now is no big deal, but, like, once we hit the runway, like, I'm like, this was fun, but, like, you know, this is going to be the one that just, like, falls down out of the sky. I've only had that sensation once ever. God. And it was on a little puddle jumper between, um... Hawaiian islands and I remember like my ear was so like blocked up and like so so much pressure building up I was like I think my brain's gonna pop I think I'm actually going to die and I was like starting to come to terms with like okay if I die not the end of the world at least I'm in Hawaii like, <laughs> start, start rationalizing yeah. it but that wasn't a plane issue that was just like your head you yeah got... it was just a head yeah. problem but no, yeah, ordinarily, like, there's been bad turbulence, and like, I've had the thought briefly cross my mind that it's not a regular occurrence. But the, for me, it's just, I really want to get off this plane because this is annoying to me. I don't mind actually flying that much. It's not like the greatest experience ever, but like, you know, I, as a T Mobile customer, I get an hour of free Wi Fi in the air. That actually works pretty well. You've mentioned that a couple times now. Yeah. Don't, I mean, if if you if you brought like a video game thing like a Nintendo Switch or something, I don't have a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, maybe it's time to invest in one. I have to budget now. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's that's good. Uh, last last thing, just to kind of put a bow on this. Any any particular like airline meals, food stuff that you have a strong opinion about, uh, in favor of or or against? I mean, I wish they would start serving beer on flights again. Are they, wait, are they not? Is they're that not. A, is that a they're COVID They're serving thing? drinks, yeah, but they're not serving beer. Are they serving hard alcoholic beverages? No. Nothing. Oh, so there's no alcohol? None, yeah, but they'll serve, like, and I don't I don't know why, because they'll serve, like, Coke. Yeah. And they, and they say, like, you know, during their instructions, like, you can only take your mask off if you're, like, having, if you're eating food or, like. Yeah. But I don't know what the difference between drinking a Coke and, like, having a beer, like, even if they limit it to one beer. I'm not sure. Like, especially yeah. on, like, a nice hour and a half flight, that's a great time to have a beer, and then you land, and you're, like, nice and settled. That would be perfect, yeah. yeah. ordinarily, I steer clear of drinking on flights because I don't want to have to get up and use the restroom constantly, but right. an hour and a half would be perfect. Exactly, and, like, then you're not, like, you know, like, I like, I do like drinking at airports if I have a nice, like, time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't like landing and then being like, damn, like, there's my day, you know? Like, sure. So, a nice one beer on an hour flight. That's that's perfect, but I don't. Yeah, they're not. And same with Chicago, they're just not serving. I don't know if that's a Alaska thing or. Like, mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing your your flight insights. I thought people it. should know. People should. So know. it doesn't have to happen to them. They can. Yeah, if you see yourself on a flight, just think, hey, is it? Aren't there any weirdos who need to make sure that the uh, windows are all open so they can <laughs> stare at the ground? As not we even all. Oh, just like give me a couple windows like around the you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> Sound like you had a bunch of well-adjusted people on that flight with you. Jesus Christ.
matches. Uh, I want to ask a couple of real quick questions before we watch our matches here today. Uh, some of these may sound familiar. It's because we've asked these questions before. Don't worry about when. It was episode one. Oh. Um, let's give yourself a number. From one to ten, how knowledgeable would you say you are about professional wrestling? Sometimes I like feel like I'm getting worse as this goes on. <laughs> well, I don't think you're getting worse. Okay. I'll say that right now. But... And I remember when you originally said three. No, you said four. Did I say four? You Did you knock you me down a, to a three? I was incredulous that you were possibly a four because <laughs> you didn't know the names of any wrestlers. Uh, you, could, you couldn't name anyone besides like Hulk Hogan. Uh, you couldn't name hardly anything about pro wrestling. So it was clear to me that you were not a four. Uh, I would say that at that point in time, you were a two. Don't ask me to name people or things or well, maybe I, I matches. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. We'll see where this for goes. episode 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the host. You're the talent. <laughs> I'm the one who's sort of. Yeah. I'm the chess master. I'm you know dictating where these pieces right. may may fall on the board. What number would you say you are now? Like a four point two. Okay, hold on. Are you saying that you were originally a four? Still, are you still maintaining that you were a four? Well, not if you're going to ask me more questions, then I'm going to revert like back to. Let's just let's just settle okay. it right now. You were never a four. You to this day, you are not a four. You were, but if you were... but I do a wrestling podcast. You are the talent <laughs> on a science based wrestling okay. podcast. Yes, uh, that is true. I would say when we first started this thing, you were a two. Uh, someone who was like a one. Yeah. That being the lowest number is someone who had never heard of professional wrestling. You had. That's that's pretty low to give me a two. You didn't. One you, would be never hearing of professional wrestling. Yeah, one is just being an indigenous tribesman. Oh, you're, <laughs> you, you're flying onto his island. Yeah. Uh, at first, he's like confused. He's like, what is this uh, machine bird that's coming, that's descending upon my tribe? And he's throwing spears at you. Uh, and you say, no, no, I come in peace. Here's a, here's a, I brought you a chicken as, as an offering. That guy's a one. Okay. Yeah. He's so. a one. You were a two. I was a two. <laughs> you were a two. And that was episode one that we. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Maybe that's. Because all you knew about was Hulk Hogan. TNT. TNT wrestling. Tagging. The act of tag team partners tagging one another. And the use of chairs in, in pro wrestling matches which as actually as we've seen doesn't I mean, it happens but it's not like an every match occurrence and that's still what i'm waiting for is more you know more chairs like we've just, seen chairs we've seen we've have seen chairs but yeah. you know I, I still expect it every match um, yeah, but you know I, will, I don't think there'll be chairs today but we'll see i don't know who knows uh, but yeah, I would say you're a 2.5. Just that's my opinion. 2.5. Yeah. Right today. You're a half a point of knowledge above where you were 20 episodes ago. Damn. <laughs> uh, is that too low? Is that lower than what you thought you were at? I don't have a bunch of quizzes for you, so this is not a loaded question. Good. Good. Yeah. 2.5 is is that's that's tough. Well, I do have some questions. Oh. Not just not a quiz or anything like that. Uh, I'm gonna move our whiteboard. Yeah. Okay. So this this yeah, is exactly turn that a little yeah. bit. So one of the other questions that I asked you back in episode one, um, what wrestlers have you heard of? So now I just, not single, I just <laughs> the whiteboard. What what wrestlers are you familiar with? So I know the Harlem Brothers. <laughs> Harlem Heat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are currently our last place. Um, 
match. Taz. Okay. Bam sure. Bam. Sure. Yes. Taz and Bam Bam. Good. Hulk Hogan. Yep. Mm-hmm. So is it? Is it Andy Kaufman? Yeah. 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 That's my one of my favorite. One of, one of your favorites. One of the best uh, of all time. Greatest pro wrestler. Uh, Memphis. Actually, honestly, you've already done better than I expected. Really? Yes. So glad you have like super low standards here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like I said, long day. You know, normally I'd run all these sure. matches around. I mean, do you re- we watched a couple Hulk Hogan matches. I'm surprised you don't remember anyone he's he's wrestled, he's fought yet. Yeah, I'm not a huge like Hulk Hogan fan. We watched three of his matches. Yeah, so I, they just don't stick out. And uh... okay. Uh, well, some, some some prominent names you didn't you didn't come up with: Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair. Didn't think of Ric Flair. Yeah, uh, Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart. We've seen a couple of Bret Hart matches. Who was the uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Yeah. Ronda damn. Rousey. That was... So those, those are people. But that's 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 fine. Honestly, like, like I said, uh, better than I expected you to do. Uh, last question, and this is a little bit more open ended. Mm-hmm. Maybe this goes in a direction, or maybe you're in a pissy mood and this doesn't go anywhere. I'll ask regardless of what the result may be. What do you know about pro wrestling? Let's say, in fact, you know what? Let's say you were sitting where I'm sitting, and somebody, Frank Reynolds, Frank Jones, Uh is sitting where you are, and you have to tell them what pro wrestling is. What do you say in that scenario? I would say it's not just the WWE. <laughs> that is, I think that's mostly... And that's why it's a two and a half, gentlemen. That, that's probably half. mostly what I've taken away from this whole podcast is, like, how ridiculous this sport is. Yeah. Like, it's it splits all over the place. There's, like, storylines, like, running back through each other, like... Sure. It's it's shocking. I Coming in as WWE is, like, the only, you know, it's one... Entity. It's, it's the Kleenex yeah. of, uh, of everything. But there's yeah. so many. But it appears that's not the case. It would appear that way. So that's what I would tell that person. <laughs> Guess what? That would be not the only thing. Any anything else that has struck you as of, of interest, or you know, you think would be important for people to know about professional wrestling who may maybe having a passing interest, but again, you visited their tribe and they have not. Managers. <laughs> managers. Some of these guys' managers just off the charts. And the fans. I'd say, yeah. 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 Fans, some of the yeah very true. passionate fan base. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree with all those things. Yeah. Well, that's, I couldn't have said it any better. I could not have said it any better. So <clears throat> I have another piece of big news mm. for you, Ryan. And I guess before I get into that, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. I think I mentioned this last uh, episode. We are technically on Twitter, but we don't really post much on Twitter. But you're welcome to tweet at us or send a DM or whatever. But primarily, most of the I'm going to start managing our Twitter. Please, I cannot wait to see yeah. what you do with it. I think it'll be great. Get it out there. Uh, Twitter's just a lot of uh, wealth, a lot of good people on Twitter. <laughs> uh, very well-adjusted folks. I okay. The big news. The big news. I was going to say. Did you know the last time you were at a 500 record? I know. I'm pretty close right now. You are real close. So just to set the stage, so the last time you were at a 500 record was episode five. And so after episode five, you dropped underneath that 500 mark and you have not been back since. Here we are, episode 20. No chicanery, by the way. At no point did I ever give Ryan any sort of, 
you know, hints or clues or any, any unfair uh, advantages, but he, via a change in his strategy... That's and, true, that was, yeah. Yeah, just sort of picking based on your heart rather than your head. Uh, you have crawled your way back. You are currently at a 9 and 10 record. You are on a two-match win streak. Think of what I can do with six episodes. So, in, so we have six matches. So not only could you be above a 500 record after this thing's said and done, but yeah. you could be well above that's 500. You can give yourself a nice little padding. That's right. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. I just thought, finally, you can redeem yourself. I know that that record has been you know, haunting you, keeping you up, keeping you awake at night. It has been hard to sleep. Uh, I'm, so, I'm very sorry to hear that. The cats just won't come yeah. near you. They won't yeah. cuddle. They know that you're a loser. Uh, so <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll hopefully rectify that right now. So we're going to get started. We're going to talk about some matches. We're going to watch those matches. So let's do it right now. The matches that we have seen so far, the 19 matches we watched, those aren't really indicative of most of the matches that I watched when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, so they had weekly shows. They had at least two or three weekly WWF shows when I was a kid. They had like a Saturday morning one and a Sunday morning one and I think a Monday evening one and maybe even others. Wow. They had a lot of content. Most of that content was not two guys who were competitive with one another. Most of those matches were what you would call a squash match. And so a squash match is basically where you have one featured talent. That's, that's the guy that you really want to present as a big star. And then he would kind of be competing against people who were, uh, the, I guess the, the nice way to put it would be enhancement talent. Their whole job was to be beaten and to make the other guy look good while being beaten. But, oh. And like that's how they, they would show up. They get paid maybe 50, 75 bucks. Sent on their way. Maybe they, you know, do the same thing uh, a couple weeks down the line. So um, that, that was, those were most of the matches that that I would watch. And so again, squash matches designed to kind of build up one guy at the expense of the other. And these, most of the time, the guy getting beat, he was not signed to the company. They would basically just have like a, you know, one off. Hey, you're going to show up for this day of TV tapings. We're going to do whatever we want, and then bye. Is this some guy who's like trying to get into professional wrestling usually? Yeah, usually, yeah. yeah. And there there have been cases of people who started as enhancement talent, otherwise known as job guys, mm -hmm. uh, and kind of made their way up the ranks and eventually became big stars. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't happen a lot. <laughs> usually, when you look at one of those enhancement guys, you'd be like, ah, oh, he kind of looks shitty, and there's a reason why he hasn't gone any further than he has and probably won't. But uh, it has happened. So it's kind of, and I know we've drawn parallels in the past to boxing, but in boxing, guys usually work their way up the ranks and they'll pad their records against nobodies. Think of this being the same thing. So you'll often see these wrestlers who week after week, month after month, would be beating these nobodies, and then you want to see them fight somebody with some other name value. And then that's kind of what you would get on the pay-per-views and stuff like that. Mm. So I, we haven't really had a chance to sort of replicate that until today. Good. I've until been waiting. Um, so we didn't really get the benefit of seeing Hulk Hogan just squash a shitload of people. We just kind of saw Hulk versus Macho and, you know, Hulk versus Andre sort of at their peak, their prime. But this will kind of help establish some figures that we have not yet uh, seen as of now. So our first match that we're going to be watching is a guy named Sid Vicious. Mm-hmm. 
and he's going to be taking on a guy by the name of Lee Scott. That's the underdog. <laughs> we can make an informal game out of you trying to predict which one is the, uh, the yeah. star and which one's maybe not quite so much the star. So did these guys ever win? The enhancement guys? Yeah. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see during our episode, won't we, here today? Uh, but yeah, first match, Sid Vicious, mm-hmm. one half of a t- tag team called the Skyscrapers, because they're very tall. Yeah. I believe Sid was about 6'8", 6'9", um, 320-ish pounds. He's huge. So we've talked in the past uh, about how Shingo was your guy who you wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. I have probably two off the top of my head that I would have been terrified of. Sid is probably one of those guys. Sid has one of the greatest quote-unquote looks in the history of pro wrestling. You just see him, you're like, that guy's a pro wrestler. Like, he, there's no other occupation that you could realistically see him in. Yeah. He's just pro wrestler. Well, he sounds big. Uh, he's, a, he's a big boy. Yeah. Um, he's a big, mean boy. There's some real classic Sid moments that will probably eventually you and I will watch, um, but we'll save that for a, another, another time. Uh, do you have any questions before we watch Sid versus Lee Scott, which, by the way, we will be posting uh, links to on our social media channels in case anybody wants to check it out? No, no, I won't go ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's let's go ahead. Let's jump right into it. We're going to watch our first match, Sid Vicious versus Lee Scott. Uh, bear with us for just one moment. We will not do a commercial break. We'll just pause briefly, and we'll come back, and we'll have watched the match. Maybe I'll even pull up some audio from the match. Who knows? I don't know. Look at this, Lee Scott. Why I give this Scott a cry. Look at him go after it. He's not intimidated. Whoa! Whoa! And me, one step. He hit him with a clothesline that 360 right in the middle of the air. I can't believe it. Full press. And Lee Scott is the big one. Whoa! Threw him over the destroyed Lee Scott. Welcome to the big leagues, Mr. Scott. And Lee Scott is totally devastated by the power. What is it? Suicide is right. One, two, three. And we're back. So we just watched Sid versus Lee Scott. Uh, guess what, everybody? Ryan's at a 500 record again. It was a tough match to call, but... <laughs> uh, so let me just change that right now, so just before I forget. So you were at a 10 and 10 record. We will see how the re- remainder of our matches fare for us here today. But let's, um, before we get too far into our science, let's take a look at my notes, because I, I did make copious notes for each of these matches, mm. uh, not that any... Beforehand? Oh, beforehand, yeah. yes. Uh, okay, so my match notes. Uh, Lee Scott, cool cheetah print tights. He was a cool guy. I liked I liked him a lot. Uh, you did? I was did... rooting for him in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Was that because he looked like a man from the 80s? He looked like, yeah, just like your standard white guy from the 80s. Well, that's like, right, white, yeah. guy, white guy from the yeah. 80s. Uh, that's, that was a good observation. Uh, so I don't think we heard this. But Sid, Sid Vicious, was billed from being Metropolis, being from Metropolis, Superman's. Oh, is that? Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, Metropolis isn't a real place. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, Gotham City, Metropolis, etc. 
uh, because he's a skyscraper, I guess. I'm not really sure. He's a big guy. He was a big, a big boy. Big guy. Uh, so Sid Vicious, he came out, came out, comes out with his partner, Dangerous Dan Spivey. Uh, did either of them impress you more just visually between the two skyscrapers? They, they, they look similar. So uh, Spivey had sort of like a mullet hawk. Both, long, they both kind of had mohawks. Hawk. Well, uh, Sid Vicious's hair looks like delicious, crunchy ramen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's a good way to describe it, yeah. Whereas uh, Spivey's hair is shaved sides, a mohawk mullet thing. Um, he's also a little bit doughier than than Sid. Sid's just kind you would of call it that, yeah. a, a, a muscle, very muscular, yeah. uh, tall man. Uh, so let's talk about what we happened in the in the match. Uh, so the match started with Sid absorbing some punches, uh, and then he took Lee Scott's head off with a clothesline, and he posed. He did like absor- I thought those punches were gonna be like, oh, I was like, nice. He's moving quickly, efficiently <laughs> with his moves. Yes. But the correct word would be like absorbed. He just absorbed them. It was like yeah. more power to his next move. So I. I had not seen this match ever until doing my mm-hmm. my research for episode here today. Uh, just kind of doing some YouTube and whatnot. I thought this was a really effective match for like showcasing Sid. And that bit at the beginning, like whereas some people might be like, "What's the point of that?" It's showing you this fucking guy can't be hurt. Yeah, and then he will kill you. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw with my eyes. So dual, that dual purpose yeah. for that. Very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he took, as I said, he took Lee Scott's head off of the clothesline. Big, big flip from the clothesline. Yeah, it looked like it, like, the hurt and the pain was, like, really authentic right there. Like, I don't believe most, like, that was, like, that, he looked hurt. So He what, still got back up. I don't yes. know how, but, like, he looked hurt, like. I'm glad you said something about that. So. It's not so much these days anymore. And, and like, you could make an argument for whether this is a good or a bad thing. But back then, back in the 80s and you know before that, of course, the 70s and stuff, you had to make it look good in order for people to believe in your character. Yep. And if it didn't look good, if the other guy wasn't cooperating with you, well, then fuck them. I'm the guy who needs to make the company and myself money. So it's going to hurt. It's yeah. just up to you to sort of cooperate to either make it look good or I'm going to make it look good for you otherwise. So yeah. That was very <laughs> common in squash matches back in the in the 80s and stuff. Uh, so then, fuck, probably the, the most brutal part of the match was when Sid presses him above his head, like as high up as he'll go. So yep. this guy had to be... Gee, 11 feet. Something 12. like that. Because I mean, yeah. we're talking about a near seven footer, big wingspan, yep. and then he throws him over the top rope out to the floor. The guy landed like right on his hip. Yeah. Onto the very thin foam pad between that and the concrete. And it just, it didn't look like, it just like he threw him anywhere, you know? Like he kind of yeah. didn't set it up or anything. He just kind of like picked him up and then just like off the edge he went. Yeah. Sack of shit. Yeah. Just get rid of this. It thing. was. I don't want it anymore. It was impressive. I, yeah, I like that a lot. That was that, quality. It won, it won quality. Me, when I first watched that match, I was like, that bit won me over. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Uh, so then he goes and Sid goes out after him, does the exact same thing, but throws him back into the ring. So still a pretty far fall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it probably felt like 
five feet that time. Yeah, four or five feet, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh back into the ring. Back in the ring, back over the top rope. Uh and then we had a spinning throw. I have no idea what they kept saying suicide, suicide over or over and over, because like one of his moves supposedly was a suicide. I don't know. Basically, he picked the dude up by his his arms, but not in front of him, like behind him. So he had the Apologize, I apologize in advance to any uh, religious folks listening to this, but he, Lee Scott was being crucified by Sid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sid, Sid was yeah. the, the crucifix, and the guy's arms were just kind of spread in a very Christ-like fashion. And then Sid uh, just spun him, and the guy did, like, a maybe 720 rotation in air and <laughs> splatted onto the ground. Yeah. And then the final move was a big power bomb. Picked him up, slammed him to the ground. That was it for Lee Scott. Sid won the match. Yeah, I'm surprised he made it that far. <laughs> yeah. After uh, that first move, I could have seen it been. I think know. at any point he could have he could have won. What a guy! We should talk about him for hanging in there that long. Lee Scott. Yeah. Well, how is Lee Scott these days? That's a great question. Yeah. In, my, in all of my research, unfortunately, I did not follow up on right. what became of Lee Scott. Yeah. Well, you know what? That is a good question. Let's yeah. see if there's any Lee Scott information out there. Let's just. He yeah he probably owns like a Hyundai dealership now. <laughs> if I had to guess. Actually, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Damn. It. Okay. B. Scott Wrestler. Here I almost go. just go want to go with like the Hyundai. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see. On ProWrestling.Fandom.com. No picture. Lee Scott was an American professional wrestler. But hmm. uh, yeah. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So at least now we know he was an American. And he was a professional wrestler. He, and he was, you know, I would call that professional how he handled himself in the. Uh, looks like he was fairly um, prolific. I'm seeing a lot of uh, Lee Scott uh, matches the, from various uh, various guys. So looks like a guy who'd be in Top Gun. You know, like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That sounds uh, apparently. It looks like uh, he may have turned into a referee eventually. Oh, that okay? Well, uh, just just referee. What does that mean? Like, do we know like what sport he like a do- like a wrestling? Oh, real? Oh, okay. Yeah. So went from wrestler to referee, which that happens yeah. every now and again, but not good for him. Not for the the big stars, but you know what? It yeah. sounds like he he made a living for himself. So that's all you can really ask for. Good old Lee Scott took a hell of a beat. Made it look real good. He did. Uh, let's let's rank this this thing. Here's our list. That's gonna be tough. I really like that match. I really <laughs> did. And that was, yeah. I I think that's a good match to show someone who's. Um, I I agree. You waited. 20 episodes to show me something like that you can't just appreciate the fact that we're watching it now you have to give me a bunch of shit about how we didn't watch it earlier i don't want to put it like too high because it's only seven minutes and like it was just really quick but i don't want to you know it was a good match whatever i mean just write you want follow your heart wherever you think it should go but follow your heart scientifically scientifically yeah let me let me take a look where do i think this is tough. This is because we're literally comparing some of these matches that were like a half an hour yeah. long, and like these guys busted their asses, and then it's like, oh no, it was really cool watching Sid beat the shit out of that guy. That's, that's true. That's, See, that's that's where we're at. That's, that's the science, right? That is, that's where yeah. the sweet science comes into play. The sweetest of sciences. Pro wrestling talk. I can put it like like number five. 
Number five. I'm gonna put a number. I don't want to go like I, I really enjoyed it. I could. So beneath heart versus perfect and above Kaufman heart versus. No, Kaufman. I'm so I I want to put a number six. Number six. Okay. So I don't want to put it. I, versus yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Okay. The number stuff is gonna get complex because we're gonna end up. I don't even know anymore the, right now. I need. Yeah. Well, it's gonna get even more complex because we got another five matches to go, my friend. Okay. And speaking of which, we should talk about our second match. We should. That we're going to watch here today. Anything else you want to say about Sid versus Lee Scott? He had cool pants. Yeah, his pants are... Sid uh, was wearing a vest and chaps. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds, uh, sounds like that's that. Our next match, match two in the lightning round episode, episode 20. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, here on wherever vessel you're using to access this Phenomenal, phenomenal podcast, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker. Uh, Amazon is, by the time people are hearing this, actually, I think Amazon will have a, their own podcast thing, which will probably be on that, too. Good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so our second match here today is the combination of Jack Foley and Les Thornton versus the British Bulldogs. It's a tag team match. It is a tag team match. That is that is right. So what we have in this match is the combination of the British Bulldogs, a couple of British wrestlers. Uh, they made their name in um, the Calgary region, actually. So do you have a question? I, no, I, I was just going to ask if it was in Britain. Oh, this match? Yeah. No, uh, I believe it was in New York. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so the British Bulldogs... They made their name actually in Calgary. So you remember Bret Hart mm-hmm. from the Mr. Perfect match? He wore pink, he had the cool sunglasses, etc. His dad, Stu Hart, who we also actually saw in the Mr. Perfect match, his dad was a promoter up in Calgary, and he basically gave both uh, both of the British Bulldogs their start. So one of the guys, his name is the Dynamite Kid. The other guy, his name is Davy Boy Smith. Davy Boy actually married one of Bret Hart's sisters. Interesting. So they are related <laughs> by marriage. Uh, Dynamite Kid was notorious for being um, an asshole. <laughs> he was a piece of shit, uh, a real bad guy, but a phenomenal wrestler, but a, a bad, bad, bad person. Outside of wrestling? Outside of wrestling, yes. If you were just a fan watching them on TV, you would have no idea, but there's been plenty of stories of Dynamite Kid holding his wife, at gunpoint, oh, uh, punching, or actually, no, he broke several teeth of a fellow wrestler as a practical joke one time. There, there's just a lot of Dynamite Kid stories, but again, phenomenal wrestler, way ahead of his time, but a piece of shit. Got it. So that is the British Bulldogs. They achieved uh, quite a bit of success. Was this like roid-induced rage? Do you think? Like, are these guys... Well, I mean, for liability reasons, let's say maybe... But they were very puffed out. Like the, the British Bulldogs were not tall men, but they were big men, and they weren't always that way. Let's just put it that way. You don't really fuck with the Brits. No, like, like I put them beneath the Samoans in my do not fuck with uh, you know country yeah. of origin list. Yeah, but uh, but, but yeah, yeah, that's fair. And it's not even because like oh they're so tough, they're so bad, they're so mean, whatever. It's just they. Uh, British people just as a whole don't, don't seem to give any shit. That's exactly what I was going to say about it. They just don't give a shit. Like, like 
it's a it's a soccer game, guys. Like it's not a big deal, but you're gonna totally wreck your town. You're gonna get in fist fights and get put in jail. And you that's why you don't with fuck with them. Like you know, like <laughs> it's, they have nothing. You never fight with a guy who has nothing to lose. Yeah. And I feel like that encompasses the situation with fighting a British okay. person. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be fair. So yeah, their opponents, uh, Les Thornton, who is a kind of a journeyman, also a British wrestler. Uh, so you may see some technical British stylings from him. Uh, and his tag team partner is a man by the name of Jack Foley. Uh, guess how many matches Jack Foley had before this match that we're going to be watching here today? Three. Uh, close, one. One. So this is going to be Jack Foley's second ever match. Uh, and he'll be taking on the British Bulldogs with uh, his partner, Les Thornton. I wonder if his inexperience will come to light. I've, hard to say. Yeah. Real hard to say. Um, anything else that we should establish before we, we talk about this, uh, this match? No, let's... We'll watch it, rather. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Foley with a rake of the eyes, now trying to set up Davy Boy. Gets him off one rope, shoves him to the other. And an elbow striking Davy Boy, but it was Foley who went down. And down again. Thus far, Foley and Thornton not being able really to mount much of an offensive. Foley missing with a roundhouse right, finds himself up in the air. Oh, no. This does not look good for Mr. Foley. Packers made, Dynamite Kid comes in. Foley trying to get off. Foley now. Uh oh, he's trying to get off the hard way. Out of the hole, she rose. Just a three count. Well, I'll tell you one thing, McMahon. It is not Captain Lou Albano teaching the Bulldogs how to do moves like that. I don't know about that. Your winners, the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, the British Bulldogs. Uh, Okay. All right. We just watched our second of six matches. What a marathon this is turning into. Ryan's going to be at his absolute wrestling peak by the end of this. His... 2.8. 2.8. Maybe. 2.8. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron, they say. Yeah. That's not. That's even an extra bit of wisdom from Eric's wisdom tree. There's even a real wisdom tree coming at the end of this thing. But yeah. uh, that's like bonus wisdom. Uh, Ryan won yet again. He did. He accurately predicted that the British Bulldogs would defeat the tandem, the high energy team. I didn't want them to win. Of Les Thornton and Jack Foley. Uh, your thoughts before I read through my notes. It was a good match. I liked it. I did it. you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. What was your... I Some of the escape takeaways? stuff was interesting. Oh, the stuff at the beginning? Yeah. So Les Thorne was, like, as I mentioned, a journeyman uh, British wrestler. So, like, he was able to sort of what they call chain wrestle with the Bulldogs a little bit. Yeah. And that's what you saw at the start of that match was kind of them doing some traditional British style. Yeah, he, like, threw himself around to get out of a couple of things, you know, but it seemed... Uh, yeah, it's a lot of sort of uh, fancy technical flips and, it, and whatnot. It was technical. Yeah. It was, te- it was more technical <laughs> than I think I've seen or noticed. So far. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing... Yeah, but yeah, it was that was interesting. And it wasn't a great match. Sure, but it was, you enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it. I did. Okay. I did. Well, and that's that's yeah. all wrestling needs to be, is to enjoy what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it, the match did become... A little bit less technical once Jack Foley entered the uh, enter, entered the ring. Who you you took a liking? To I did. Jack. I really liked him, and I respect Why? the shit out of his beating that he took. Like, <laughs> what a guy! Uh, I would have called it after I guess he broke his jaw, and he just took another like 
in front of the whole audience. He didn't yeah. he didn't budge at all. He's like, okay, like I'm gonna finish this. Like, <laughs> probably hurt a lot. Second match ever for wrestling, and uh, got his jaw dislocated. Yeah, by the Dynamite Kid, notorious douchebag of professional wrestling, the Dynamite Kid. So. Let's talk a little bit about my match notes. So we had Jack Foley with the cool furry vest. Uh, Bulldogs enter with Captain Lou. Have you, have, you, have you ever seen Captain Lou Albano before? You big Cindy Lauper fan? Do you not know who Cindy Lauper is? Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> she's like she's a singer. She's but... a singer. Yeah. Anyway, Captain Lou was in a couple, at least two that I can think of of her music videos in the eighties. There was hmm. uh, she played or he played her dad. And girls just want to have fun, I'm pretty sure. And then she did, like, the theme song for Goonies. He and a bunch of other wrestlers were also in that as well. Yeah. Uh, Captain Lou, my most vivid memory of Captain Lou Albano. Did you get a good view of him while we were watching that match, the, the Bulldogs manager? Uh, yeah. He, this is real, and this is going to make you feel queasy, but uh, it is what it is. He used to put safety pins through his cheek skin and then hang rubber bands from them. For what purpose? Just to look different, I guess. Oh. <laughs> so you probably, he was wearing rubber bands, but he wasn't doing the cheek thing, but that was something he used to do throughout. I like saw his, one, he had one on his beard. One on his beard, but yeah, yeah. sometimes you just do the safety pin through the cheek and yeah, that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. My most vivid memory of Captain Lou, uh, there was in the 80s a cartoon show called The Super Mario Brothers Super Show, where it would have live action Mario Brothers stuff, and then it would be interspersed with cartoon Mario Brothers stuff. Captain Lou played Mario in the Super Mario Brothers Super oh. Show. So if you ever get a chance, YouTube, uh, Super Mario Super Show, you'll see him doing a little Super Mario rap, dancing around. Uh, that's my my most favorite Captain Lou memory, I think. Uh, so let's talk about the match a little bit. A uh, little bit of chain wrestling like we talked about between Les Thornton and Davy Boy Smith. There was a weird Jimmy Hart promo, just kind of a picture in picture in the upper left corner of the screen. We saw Jimmy Hart back. Oh, in, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, which Jimmy Hart was in that Andy Kaufman match. He was, he's a winning member of a team in our list so far. Uh, and then right around there, that's when Jack Foley got tagged in. Uh, he got suplexed several times on the hard ass fucking WWF '80s ring. He then got headbutt, headbutted, which I didn't point this out, but like apparently the headbutt was like more or less legitimate. And you can see when... So this headbutt, Jack Foley was on the ground. Dynamite Kid was standing up, and he basically just fell headfirst onto Jack Foley's head. And you can see Jack Foley, after he gets headbutted uh, in his temple, he sits up and goes cross-eyed for just a moment oh. before... Wait, Probably a nice concussion. Uh, he got his bell rung, probably, uh. if I had to imagine. Big power slam, another big suplex. Uh, Jack Foley's lone offense of the match, he got a couple punches to the gut of Davy Boyd Smith. Then he attempted a back elbow, and I'm not sure what happened here. Either it didn't connect to Davy Boy, and he just decided, no, I'm not going to do anything with this, or Davy Boy was just like, fuck you, I'm not actually selling that move. I'm not sure which happened, but... He tried to do a big spinning back elbow, and Davey just stood there and looked at him like an idiot. Yeah, it didn't seem like anything was going to go well <laughs> for him, to be honest. I had no, very little yeah. hope. Yeah, it was just uh, a little awkward. The The rumor is, 
that Dynamite, who was on the, the, the ring apron when this is happening, he was the, the non-legal member of the tag team, he saw this flurry of offense and he's like, I want to fucking kick this guy's ass like for trying to get in any level of offense against us. And so when he comes in, that's why he took the liberty, supposedly, potentially, that's why he took the liberty and clotheslined and broke, dislocated Jack Foley's jaw. Oh. Supposedly. That's the the, that's the rumor anyway. Um, and so he didn't close his mouth the entire rest of the match. No, I remember pointing no. that out. He just had his tongue hanging out and he could not close his mouth. Uh, top rope back suplex, which fucking looked like a brutal. It landing. did, like with broken jaw or not, it looked like a. Yeah, God. British Bulldogs uh, took took the victory in like I don't know, maybe five five six minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, let's rank the match, and then I do have a couple of other things I want to talk about regarding that match. Uh, so let's take a look at our list one more time. This is tough. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier, trust me. I think I would probably put it... I don't want to start just ranking them in order, but like it's probably above Charlotte versus Rousey. So seven. Uh, okay, so so the new number eight. Although, I mean, some of these numbers are fucked up. So Charlotte <laughs> versus Rousey is nine after Sid versus Lee Scott bumped it down. That's fine, yeah. So this so, is the new number nine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I put it right there. Okay. It was a it was a good watch, but nothing, you know. Okay. So let's talk a little bit. So we we are currently on a quest for the deathmatch episode. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> need you to raise that enthusiasm level up a little bit. I've been waiting that. twenty episodes for the deathmatch. At and least nineteen episodes. Well you're gonna be waiting another ten. Oh, so okay. it's episode thirty, as we've established. I even told you who one of the participants, who one of the primary participants of the Deathmatch episode is going to be. Mm. Do you remember what I said? Terry Funk. So we saw Terry Funk. Uh, I love Terry Funk. Terry yeah. Funk's so good. Yeah. Anyway, Terry Funk is going to be one of the components. What if I told you that one of those four men that we saw in that last match just then is going to be the other half of our Deathmatch episode? Is it Lee Scott? Lee Scott. <laughs> no, that, if only, if only it was Lee Scott. No, in the oh, Bulldogs, in the second episode, Bull, yeah, the Bulldogs match. We got this tag team match. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, what if I told you that that one of those four men uh, would be would be in the in the death match? Any any suspicion? Any inklings who that might be? No Brits. No. <laughs> Are you? Is that a command? Are you ordering me? No is Brits. Is it? Is it? Um, I mean, what are you asking? Do I believe you? No, I'm saying that one of those four men oh. is going to be in our Deathmatch episode, episode 30. Do you have any inkling who it might be, if you had to take a guess on who, which one of those four guys? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I do. Who? It's uh, <laughs> uh, it's a guy who got his jaw broken. Jack Foley? Jack Foley. You are correct, yeah. sir. Jack Foley is going to be uh, a part of that Deathmatch episode number 30. And I would even go a step further than that. So one of the primary sort of focal points of our podcast so far has been to kind of follow along the career of a few people, Hulk Hogan being one of them. I would say Hulk Hogan's probably one of the main uh, protagonists that we've kind of followed yeah. along. Jack Foley is going to be another major, major protagonist that we follow his career along. Good. So uh, we just saw his second half. Interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I can get down with that. Yes. Yeah. So he, this is going to be the only match that we see of his under that name, Jack Foley. Uh, he will become 
better known under better prominence under the name of Cactus Jack. That's better. That's better. <laughs> so Cactus Jack, we will see. Is there is there something to that? Is well, it, do they like bust out a cactus at one point? Like no, like no. a chair. Like he just he wanted a cool name. His, his Jack Foley. His real name is Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. His dad is is uh, would always when they were playing board games as a kid. Uh, he would go by the name of Cactus Jack, and so he basically took adopted that as his ring name. We're going to talk a lot about Mick Foley as the, the years go on. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> as the years, as go the years on. of this podcast continue along. <laughs> But uh, he's one of my favorites. Okay. He, he, so we'll, we'll yeah, be following no, I, his career. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so there you go. Cool. <laughs> Match three of six. Yeah. We're going to get to 25, Ryan. This room is steaming hot. It, yeah, well, you know, it's just burning outside. <laughs> fires all around us. Usually this basement is so cool, but just the two of us sweating and watching wrestling. Man. Yeah. What the, what the, oh, okay. All right. Man, every, every match on this list is a hit. Every fucking match on this list is a hit. I'm not, I've not forgotten. We're trying to get a new number one. We're trying to get a new, new number bottom. I have not forgotten my quest. Uh, my next match for your consideration, sir, is a match featuring Ravishing Rick Rude versus his opponent, Pistol Pez Watley. Is this one of those, what do you call them, uh, what do you call the first match? A, um, Squash? A squash. This, I don't think technically this is a squash. That Sid match that we watched, yeah. that was a fucking squash. Yeah. This next match that we're going to be watching is not to that level. Okay. It's a little bit more back and forth competitive. And I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'll give you a little bit of background. So Pistol Pez Watley is another sort of journeyman-style wrestler in the same vein that we saw for, like, Les Thornton in the last match, that he would kind of bounce from territory to territory. He was never really a featured main event guy anywhere that he went, but he was known as a solid hand, Yeah, uh, you know, a good, a good mechanic, so to speak. His opponent is named Ravishing Rick Rude, probably the greatest reoccurring character archetype in wrestling is sexy arrogant guy that makes sense (laughs) yeah i can count like four or five guys who have had the character of sexy arrogant guy and they've all been really really good ravishing recruit is one of those people okay uh in fact as a as, as just a little bit of trivia i happen to be wearing here today my ravishing Rick Rude shorts. I yeah. Oh, it's just the whole, yeah. Yeah. I simply ravishing. Those are actually, those are nice shorts. I, I would get a pair of shorts like that. You want me to do the Rick Rude pose for you? I don't know. You're gonna get it <laughs> I don't regardless of what your answer is. Okay. Yeah. I'm swiveling my hips. <laughs> that's that's about yeah. And now I'm gonna spray my sweat at Ryan. And, uh, are those shorts or are they like swim trunks? They're like basketball shorts. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you find those on Amazon? These were from. <laughs> these were from Chalkline Apparel. I might. I might pick myself up some of those. These were kind of expensive. <laughs> I felt. I felt stupid paying as much as I did for these. Do you want to but, disclose how much they were? Uh, I will. They were fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but they're so fucking cool. So just to describe to the folks at home what I'm wearing, I rarely wear underpants under these, but I did make an exception because we were having company. Uh, but it just says ravishing in different colors. It looks like it's been airbrushed. And then at the very top, it just says simply in like big, bold cartoon letters. If I like this match... I would like you to send me a link to where you got those shorts. Okay. They have a lot of other wrestlers' shorts, too. Like, these are great. These are my favorite. But yeah. they have a lot of other... Just send me a link. I'll send you a Just link. Just send me a link. Yeah. I'll post on Twitter, get our fan base. <laughs> but I need it first to, like... Please. Yeah, I need a browse. Yeah, Please okay. do. Okay. And this... I'm not I'm not going to say anything else. I'm, I'm not going to say anything else. Anything you, you want to know about this match before we watch it? <laughs> Just no. Okay. <laughs> this is right. good. I think, yeah. Okay, we'll watch the match. I have a lot to say about this fucking match, but I will leave it until after we watch it. Again, we're posting links to all this stuff. If you want to follow along, I highly encourage it. Uh, this is one I would definitely, definitely, definitely recommend that you take a moment to watch. Um, and we'll talk more about why right after we watch it. Practically all the girls I looked at were definitely pleased to see you. Ravishing recruit. Like I'd say that right uh, most now. of those boos are coming from their boyfriends. Is for all you fat, out of shape, Sacramento sweat hogs. Keep the noise down while I take my rope off and show the ladies what they dream about it. where he goes. He is a very striking-looking person. Rick Rude with the arm bar. Works on that shoulder. Turns it into an arm lock. Lottie reverses. A very surprising and unexpected move there by Pez Wapley. Beautifully executed. He is giving ravishing Rick Rude a little trouble here. I don't well, think that was a boot to the forehead. Yes, I don't think Heenan has advised him correctly on this belt. He's allowed. Oh, dear, yeah. The rude awakening. The lightning speed, Rick Rude, implants the rude awakening. And it has had a point where you thought that Walkley was really coming on strong. Rick Rude turned it completely around, Here's literally. This one up. In all aspects there, Sean, if you oh, looked at that belt logically, I do believe that the Ramshin Rodgers tested the firepower of his opponent time again. Are you before he ready? finished him off. Well, it doesn't uh, look as though Rick Root is done yet. Happy? Buddy, you know that Ravishing Rick Root is ever ready. Bring her on down. I believe this is going to be the other rude awakening. He has two in his arsenal, one for his opponents in the rings. Just just look at that beautiful young girl getting into the ring there. And that's what the other rude awakening is this coming up for this beautiful little girl. Isn't she lovely? Aren't you the luckiest lady in the world? Sure. 
sure. She didn't Help sound yourself. too sure of herself there. Perhaps Rick Rude will change all that. Well, you saw one version of the Rude Awakening. This winner. is the other. My heart, look at that. And he uh, puts down two opponents for the count, Alfred. Okay, so we just... <laughs> We just finished watching. We j immediately, we immediately watched the match, and now we're coming in. We're watching. Don't hit that goddamn thing. Just talk, Eric. Just, just go. Okay. So, just full disclosure, because we are a podcast. If nothing else, <laughs> we're about honesty with our fans. We may have recorded about a full ten to fifteen minutes discussion around Rick Rude versus Pistol Pez Watley, and then I realized, as I'm looking over at the screen right now, we weren't actually recording. <laughs> Ryan is sweaty. He's mad at me. We'll, we're going to try and power our way through. This is going to be the biggest test of this fucking podcast that we've ever had yeah. so far. <laughs> All right. Before... In fact, you know what? Let's just go through the notes. Let's just go to the notes. Let's go, we'll go, the notes. We'll go if you're going to allow this to affect your ranking of this match, I will be pissed. <laughs> I might at this point. You better fucking not. You better not. Anyway, here's my ma here's my match notes. Pistol Pez with a beautiful fringe jacket. Is that why you liked Pistol Pez Wildly so much? No. You're acting like a girlfriend <laughs> who didn't get to eat dessert when you asked just, for dessert. Just, I like Pistol Pez. I <laughs> He's a good guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Ravishing Rick Rude made his entrance. He had the beautiful robe. He referenced the Sacramento Sweat Hogs, and then they proceeded to show a bunch of dumpy-looking fat guys in the audience as he was calling them Sacramento Sweat Hogs. And then they showed a bunch of attractive ladies taking pictures of Ravishing Rick Rude and his magnificent abs. Over to see. I wanted to make sure it was recording. I wanted to make I, sure. I, I, yeah, now I'm real fucking paranoid. Yeah. Uh, but it is still recording, so we're here. This is the best fucking match I've watched all of 2020 outside of Japan. It's so good because everything had a purpose. The whole thing from beginning to end led to something else. You knew immediately, okay, Rick Rude looks a lot better a lot better than Pistol Pez. And so immediately you get the sense like, okay, this is gonna be a steamroll for Rude, but he gets he keeps getting too overconfident and that gives Pistol Pez Watley an opportunity to kind of go in there and, and almost win the match at a couple different points. Uh, true or false? that an accurate summer you don't have to agree with me about the match being good because clearly you're wrong but as far as my summary of the story of the match is that accurate in your opinion yeah i thought he was gonna i thought he was gonna lose at one point right so uh ryan did win actually however which uh this did this match put you above a 500 record ryan I, I, what a that that's worth something in our rankings i think when we get to that point what a uh this match probably two over no. I was 9 and 10 coming in. I won the first two. This is number three. Okay, fine then. Fucking science math over here. Uh, anyway. Anyway, you're just going to breeze over that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah broken watch is right twice a day. So, yeah, a couple power moves. Root out powers Watley. Watley comes back. A little bit of back and forth. One thing we didn't touch on when we were talking about it earlier. The first time. The, the first time. Yeah. The atomic drop. So an atomic drop in wrestling is where you pick the guy up, like you're holding up above your head, and then you drop their butt down onto your knee. 
Rick Rude's selling of getting Atomic Dropped is the best Atomic Dropped sell in the history of pro wrestling. Do you mind if I do uh, my impression of Rick, Rick Rude? Rude? Rick Rude, when he got hit with the Atomic Drop, can I do an impression for you of that? When he started walking weird? You are underselling that. He wasn't walking weird. No, it was. His butthole hurt real bad. Imagine taking the biggest poop of your life, man. That's what happened. And he was trying, and he was walking with like summoning the power in between his cheeks, summoning his ab power to carry himself forth from there. Yeah. No, that's true. That There's was no fun. fucking winning with you. You're no, just no, fucking no, over that, this episode. Actually, I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. I did like that that move. <laughs> I thought you were gonna like come back the second take after missing, and then try to like sell me on the moves of the match because there was like no moves in that match. I mean, the atomic drop was a move. Uh, there was also his reaction to the atomic the hip drop. Swivel, the hip swivel okay. was a good move, yeah. right? Yeah. The abs, the abs were a good move. Just the butt the cheek flex. He flexed his butt cheeks on multiple occasions. Yeah, like twerked a little bit. It wasn't twerking. Twerking. There was no twerking. It was all cheek. I. It was all booty meat. The original twerk. I don't know. Like, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. That's fine. But yeah, greatest match of 2020, and I'm not saying that ironically. I encourage anyone who's had, if you've never watched a pro wrestling match and you wanted a concentrated version of what pro wrestling is. Please go out of your way. Again, I'm going to post all the links on our social media. Please watch this fucking match. It is the best representation of what pro wrestling is supposed to be. And I wish, if I could do all this all over again, A, I wouldn't do a lightning round episode. B, <laughs> B, the, the first match that I would have had Ryan watch would have been this. Uh, because I feel like it is so perfectly the best things about pro wrestling. And that is the factual statement before we hear Ryan's bullshit take on all this, because he's totally wrong. Wasn't that, okay. It wasn't that good. It was fucking amazing, <laughs> Ryan. It was great. Everything <laughs> made sense. The whole thing made sense. I am surprised you're, this match is the one you're trying to, like, deeply... This was the one I was most excited <laughs> to show you. What about... There was two other matches, especially the, the first match we watched that were, in my opinion... Higher just quality. Like blood and guts and a spectacle. I'm trying to give you substance. I'm trying to give you storytelling, proper storytelling. I can get down with storytelling, but this was not a story to tell. It was a story to tell. <laughs> it was a sexy, arrogant asshole who was too cocky. He almost got beat for it, but then once he got pissed... That's realized, not even that outside of like any of the scope of any other matches we watched, though. Yeah, it is. No, it's seen not. seen anyone as sexy oh, or as cocky as Ravishing Rick Rude. That's, that's all a TNT wrestling was, just a bunch Name of sexy, one. cocky wrestling Name guys. One. <laughs> you know, yeah. The Harlem Brothers weren't. They weren't nearly as sexy as Ravishing. Did you? <laughs> that's fair. That's true. Uh, so the match ends. Rick Rude uh, beats him with the Rude Awakening Neckbreaker. And then the end of the match. Uh, shall we discuss the end of the match? <sighs> yeah. I mean, when that yeah, real yeah. fan from the audience came into the ring. Sure. And, and yeah, Ravish- the, real, the real woman who's dressed for the part. Okay. So let me educate you, Ryan Murphy. There used to be a thing called <laughs> ring rats. <laughs> this is not my term. I'm not endorsing uh, the using of this term. But these were women who would show up to the wrestling events specifically to hook up with the wrestlers. Like groupies. Like, thank you. Like fucking But ring rats. But ring rats. You can call them groupies, too, I suppose. It's the same premise. But they 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the, that the girl that Rick Root smooched at the very end was a real fan. You seem to be rather incredulous about it. I promise that I will look up information about this, and next episode I will give you an update on it. That's a pretty big like platform to be on, to be someone who just got pulled from the stands, right? This is probably on like national TV. Yeah, this is on, national, this is on the USA Network. Yeah. On, on Monday. USA evening. Wrestling. USA. <laughs> not not at t Wrestling, but USA Wrestling. But my suspicion is, like, half the time they were probably plants, and the other half of the time, they were a real fan. So that's just my speculation. That's not based on any fact. But the best part of that whole thing, after they make out in the middle of the ring, and she's very disinterested when Bobby the Brain asks her, aren't you the luckiest lady in the world? She's like, sure. So then she gets made out with. Rude gyrates above her prone body as she's writhing on the mat in ecstasy. Bobby extends his hand out to help her off the mat. And then as she lifts her hand up to accept his help, he just it tells her to hit the bricks. To... Can you say writhing on the mat with, in yeah. ecstasy? Yes. Yeah. Is that what you took from that? Yeah, she was like, you know, orgasmic, just laying there. <laughs> just because, like, you've never seen I mean, seen the whole woman. time, right? Like, from yeah. the. You've never seen a woman in that state before, so I'm that's, sure that's it would be <laughs> a totally foreign sight. But she was just. Yeah. That, that was the biggest thrill of her life. Getting wow. A rude awakening. <laughs> and that tongue from that mustache and those abs pressed so closely to her. Yeah. That was the biggest thrill of her the whole life. And she was just marinating in it. What's her name? She made some panty pudding that day. I can guarantee you that. What's her name? I don't know. I have no idea. It just it was a different woman every every time. So it wasn't the same girl that was making out with Rick Rude. I mean, obviously, that would yeah. defeat. She was in the middle of all the Sacramento sweat hogs, and they pulled her in from a I just find her information. <laughs> find that should be easy enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll just check some Which ring rat? Government <laughs> Stop saying that. Uh, okay, so that's the match. Uh, let's rank it. Let's hear what Ryan's bullshit ranking for the greatest match of all time is going to be. Uh, we'll not pay it any mind because he's going to be wrong because this is a fucking great match. It was. I, I... Remember the atomic drop. Remember, remember the butt cheek flex. Yeah. Remember when she reached out for Bobby and Bobby's like, "No, fuck off." I don't want to put it so low that I'm just being like a dick. You're being, you're already. I can, I can sense spitefulness coming, uh, and I'm you? prepping myself. <laughs> the, the way you've written it. Fuck off. Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> Number eleven. I'm surprised you went that high. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it wasn't so like. So it's, it's above Hulk, Hulk and Macho. macho? So are you saying? Yeah, I mean, I've called it already. I'm just going to, yeah. So is it a Hulk macho? Yeah. Okay. Quite an honest analyst I am. Uh, part of me thinks that you just did it so that I wouldn't be pissed at you. Part, part of me thinks that's the reason. I, I, I was expecting you to be a little upset with that that rating. Uh, uh, no, you've been... Um, I mean, that was it still wasn't third place of all three matches we've seen today. I'm going to let that slide <laughs> because it is hot in here. Uh but we'll we'll go ahead and we'll move on. Uh, we're gonna watch another match. Okay. Good news for you. I don't have anything to tell you about either of these people. I really don't know much about either of them. Perfect. <laughs> this match again posted on social media. This match is Chris Champion versus Don Valentine. Anything that you're curious to know before we watch this fucking? I think Chris Champion is gonna take it for sure. Okay. <laughs> Are you willing to make this as your pick right now? Can I? With, fucking it's you're should i you're the talent okay well yeah we're we doing it yeah yeah okay 
<laughs> you heard this is the first time in Hardmark history Ryan is actually making his prediction right now. With being two above 500, I have wiggle room right now. To really, this, and, and I just have a feeling about this guy. Uh, okay. Fucking let's watch that goddamn match. Chris Champion, Don Valentine, tie up to begin things here on the Superstation. Glad to have you with us. We still have a lot more action to go. It's good to see Chris Champion. He is one of the premier athletes, young athletes in our sport. That time, Valentine backed away from that one. But Champion levels him with an arm across the throat. Clothesline maneuver. Valentine, a big range of competitor here for Chris Champion. Slams the man down, Valentine, and now Chris Champion. This must be the surprise right here. Valentine, oh! <laughs> he kicked him right in the jaw. <laughs> I mean, that was a move. Talk Inter- about martial arts skill, Jim. What a move that was. Interesting maneuver here. We'll take another look at it. Watch the impact and watch the right foot. This is right, like you said, right in the mouth. Oh, what a move. great camera work there. And that is a phenomenal move. Chris Champion looking good right here on the Superstation. Okay, we just watched the match, and even blind, you're just on a, you're on a roll. You should go to Vegas. Yeah, I... Win it again. Yeah. That's uh, four, four straight, four in a row. I had a feeling it was just coming to me. Like, <laughs> Chris Champion's your guy. Chris Champion is my guy. Do you see that? That was. Uh, what are you? Before I go into my thoughts on the match, yeah. what what are your thoughts on that match? I thought there were only like two weak blows, a couple like kicks that were like a little like you know. <laughs> aside from that, like high high quality content right there. What well, What did you like most about it? It's a small like intimate match. This okay. is the kind of match you bring, like, a six-pack of Budweiser to, or, like, you know. I can't ever predict what you're going to like. You can hear, like, individual <laughs> fans, like, chatting in the audience, you know. You can, you can hear people. Like, people yelling, like. Individual it, people heckling. Yeah, right. Um, in that match. Some of the stuff I've never, like, you say, like, Taekwondo background, and then he just, like, gets up. What do you call this? He did the, okay. I mean, spoiler alert, he does the fucking Karate Kid crane kick. Was that amazing? <laughs> uh, and a really nice, solid kick to because he didn't. There was a couple of them he didn't land. That kind of like this could have been really high up on the list if he had like landed those. It would have been really authentic. But the last one, he right right in the jaw, like right. So Chris Champion, his mullet. That is the most offensive mullet I've ever seen in my entire it look, life. It looks like like a, like when a four year old has a mullet. You know, like that really long, disgusting, like. It does. Yeah. It looks like a four-year-old mullet. And he also, and that second, second outing of cheetah print that we've seen so far yeah, today during yeah. our session. Um, did you notice t- Don Valentine's tiny breasts? No. He had little jiggly breasts. I'm not surprised. I just didn't notice. I can't imagine. So Don Valentine, as you could probably guess, never amounted to being like a huge star in the world of pro wrestling. I know that's probably shocking to you. I can't imagine a world where like Don Valentine shows up with that hair and that face just like ready to work a, a day at the retail store, at the mechanic shop or whatever. Like he clearly, he looked 
from the neck up like a pro wrestler should look from 1986, 1987. His body was shitty, but like his head was like a pro wrestler head. And I just can't imagine someone like that existing in a real life scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, that's an accurate <laughs> statement. One thing I did notice, every time that Don Valentine would take a bump, he would land on his hip and roll to his back from there. And it only got worse the longer the match went on. Like, he, the longer the match happened, the less he wanted to fall down. <laughs> so he just would take shittier and shittier bumps as the match went on. I mean, he took a couple of hard hits. He took one hard hit, which kind of harkens back to what we talked about earlier, where if the guy is not cooperating and making you look good, it is up to you to make yeah. it look good regardless of their cooperation or not. He looked, like, older and fragile. So <laughs> I can see why some of these hits would be, like, and more no detrimental to his... to Don Valentine. No, the no. old, fragile, yeah. little boobies bouncing around the ring. Yeah. Uh, shitty spin kick. Um, yeah. that Don Valentine clearly didn't want to come anywhere close to Chris Champion's foot. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. He was afraid of getting hit. Yeah. Well, and I that, mean, look at the last one. Like, Well, if if he would have been cooperating, that probably wouldn't have happened. Chris Champion eventually just got sick of the guy avoiding the kicks and avoiding the contact. He did. He like, did. I'm going to boot you as hard as I can in the chin, and that's going to be the fucking end of it. Honestly, like that could have made the match, like if he had just like st- hung in there, and but he didn't, I guess. Like maybe that's it. He just moved out of the way. Or, yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. And then the finishing maneuver was the famous Karate Kid crane kick. I even heard one guy in the crowd yell "Karate Kid," which has got to be really a motivating thing as a pro wrestler. And then he punted Valentine in the chin. He did punt it, yeah, as hard as he could. Let's rank it. Let's fucking rank that shit. What do you think on our now very messy this board? Is the kind of, this is the kind of matches I really like. <laughs> I, like I said, what does that mean? I just... We've never seen a match like that they're before. They're intimate like, matches like that. I just I like that. So you like small studio crowds? Yeah. Okay. Backyard wrestling. That wasn't backyard. That was in a TV studio, but you're entitled <laughs> but, to your wrong opinion. <laughs> um, a TV studio in Atlanta, not someone's backyard. I want to put this number four. What the fuck is wrong with you? Hold on. You're bumping down Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. I I really like this match. Holy shit, dude. Even with the couple weak kicks, I really enjoyed it. 75% of the fucking match was fucked up. (laughs) I liked it, Eric. This was. (laughs) God damn it, Ryan. The fact that you would put that above. Rick Rude versus <laughs> fucking Pistol Pez Watley is a crime. You should be arrested. I have half a mind to call fucking, the cops Fucking now. way higher than that match. Like, not even a little bit. 11. You're dumb as fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. That shit is stupid. That's the worst decision you've made on this program. Tensions are rising. The heat levels are going up, I know. But, like, fuck you, seriously. Eroding the fabric of this this podcast. This hurts my hand. Right no, now. it was a good match. I, I, it was not. It okay, wasn't. it was not a good match. <laughs> Anyone who hears Ryan say that was a good match, no, it fucking wasn't a good match. It was an awful match. I put that on there as a joke because it was a shitty fucking match. 
I didn't expect that you were going to gravitate. So, oh, it's such an intimate environment. It's well, maybe backyard. after watching a wrestling match after you missed a recording, like, really got to me. I don't know. Like, Don't put this on me, <laughs> dick. All right. I have heartburn. Do you really? Yeah. And the salmon? I don't know. That's, I got Pepto or something. That's fine. I just... Two more, two more rounds. We'll power, we'll power through. We got two more, two more matches. Next match is going to be Jake the Snake Roberts versus Leaping Lanny Poffer. I know a Jake Roberts. Is really from elementary school. Have you told Jake about the podcast yet? Uh, no, but I was going to probably sometime well, next week. Now you should. For to, sure, I should. Yeah, be like, hey, we watched a match with your namesake. Yeah, uh, in it. But yeah, you should call him Jake the Snake next time you see him. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Any Jake has heard that. Jake the Snake. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jake the Snake uh, Roberts versus Leaping Lanny Poffo. Uh, fun fact, Lanny Poffo is the brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay. And they have a very they, they have a very similar look, very, very similar uh, resemblance to one another. Let's see. This is Jake the Snake's debut in the WWF. This is in the mid, mid-80s. So this is his first match in the company. Uh, this is Leaping Lanny's. He's been the company for about a year or so. He came on board shortly after Macho Man joined. Macho Man got him uh, uh, employed by the company. All right. Anything Anything else of interest? Anything else you need to know before we watch this? Documentary? I can call matches before they even happen. So. Are you calling this one? No, but I can't. <laughs> if, I have half a mind to really goad you into it because I'm still pissed <laughs> at you for that last fucking abortion of a ranking. <laughs> It's a good way to describe it. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, but I won't, if you're not comfortable <laughs> doing it, I will not uh, taint the integrity of this already fucked up list. Uh, but we'll post the link. Check it, I don't know. Check it out if you fucking want to. It's hot in this goddamn room, and I'm getting pissed at this guy. <laughs> we'll see you in a bit. Weighing 249 pounds, Jake the Snake Roberts. His opponent from Downers Grove, Illinois, at 252 pounds, leaping Lenny Puffo. Lenny's going to give us one of the poet laureate. It's the first appearance of Jake the Snake, and we all wish him luck for his debut. But if Manhattan doesn't like his style, I hear that the Bronx has a hell of a zoo. Oh, I love it. Leaving Lanny Popo, come here. Oh, look at that. That bag is moving around, Jess. Give me a break. Jake the Snake Roberts making his debut here in Madison Square Garden for the World Wrestling Federation, but certainly no stranger to the squared circle. Oh, look at that move. Whoa! He tripped on that top rope. His leg slid off. He may be hurt seriously. Well, there, there's your classic example if you like doing them aerial tactics, Gorilla. Why do you think the body don't go up there much? Uh-oh, look out. Oh, there's that patented move by the snake called the TDT. Over for the cover. This one's over. Poffo's out like the light. Oh, look at him slithering over for the bag now. Look at that bag didn't want to come that way. That bag was going in the other direction. And the snake unraveling this duffel bag to reveal what? Oh, give me a break. It's a boa and a big one. It is a big boa. 
maybe 18 to 20 footer. What's he going to do with it? Look at this. Poffo is out completely. Look at this. Snake Roberts. Putting the boa right on the unconscious body of Leafy Lanny. Look at that. Give me a break, referee. Don't let him do that. All right. Well, Ryan almost went undefeated on this episode, but uh, unfortunately... Your pick didn't quite play out this time. You picked Leaping Laney Poffo to beat Jake the Snake Roberts in his debut, and unfortunately that didn't quite uh, pan out, did it? I think you were still the right pick. <laughs> well, because you like the uh, athleticism? Is that why? seemed like you were impressed by the uh, the bridges and the and the flips. He did have a very unique style, especially for the 80s. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was fun to watch. And he took the whole snake thing like a champ. <laughs> A uh, fun fact about Leaping Lanny, actually, I forgot about it until we were watching that match. Uh, it's heavily rumored in pro wrestling circles that Leaping Lanny Poffo could uh, suck his own penis. Mm. I, I understand that's tough to do. Never. <laughs> he, he, he had a lot of flexibility, so I mean, I could see it potentially. I don't know. I think that like, a lot of pro wrestlers could do that, like the way they contort themselves. Like, they're always getting like slammed down, like, you know. <laughs> what does getting slammed down have to do with like they're always like I mean you got like a guy like grabbing your legs and, like I just if any professional like person were to be able to suck their own dick I think it would be professional wrestlers right like, mm, I think uh, baseball players why that just <laughs> why uh, just because they, just they, do a lot, they do a lot of swings and funny. they throw things and you know the throwing mechanism would probably go well you're like, disregarding my whole like I think both of our arguments make equal amount of sense. That's bullshit. Eric. Fuck you. I'm, now I'm upset. Like, what? The, I would bet twenty dollars that Ken Griffey Jr. sucked his own dick at some point in time. Twenty dollars, fifty dollars. Joey Cora did. No response. Uh, let's take a look at the match. So, uh, as we mentioned, Lanny Poffo. He so he starts thro- throwing frisbees out to the crowd that he had written poems on. Uh, it's shocking to me that that didn't uh, become a, a bigger deal. He should have been Hulk Hogan with all those poems getting thrown out to the ring, but he did do it. Then we saw the bag in the corner. Whatever was in that bag, will we find out a little bit later. Uh, let's see here. A uh, couple of slithers out of the ring. So you didn't like how Jake would uh, retreat outside of the ring when he was on the... It was a giant fucking pussy. Like, uh, I do not respect him as a wrestler or a person. I would argue that he was then doing his job as a bad guy wrestler to make you not like him by him retreating. You can argue that. Uh, so I would say he did a very good job of, of being a bad guy. So you're you're welcome. There was the bit where, I guess really the most important bit of the match, so there's some back and forth. Laney had some impressive looking offense, but I think really the turning point of the match was when Laney goes to like springboard out of the ring and then he, he fucked up and like slipped and just tumbled ass over tea kettle out to the floor, which seemed like it had like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like little bits of like cardboard or, or wood or something above. They said it was ice yeah. uh, underneath, uh, which makes sense. That's where the Rangers play. But uh, that was probably the turning point of the match, wouldn't you say? Probably. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth right now. <laughs> uh, and then, so Jake the Snake wins with the DDT. I will say the DDT is my favorite move in the history of pro wrestling. It's so simple, 
and Jake's DDT just looked fucking great. Yeah, I did finish it pretty well. Uh, which, for anybody, again, not a big wrestling fan, a DDT is where you basically hook the guy, uh, you have their head, and you have them in like a front face lock sort of thing, and then you just drop down to your back, and their head just goes bonk right into the into that. Simple, effective, and apparently he uh, created the DDT uh, on a, it was a mistake. Somebody stepped on his foot, and he slipped, and he had him in a headlock, and then the DDT was born from that. Too bad that couldn't happen to Lanny when he slipped off the top of the ring. If, all, if only Lanny would have invented his new finishing move when he yeah. slipped off the top of the ring. But yeah. it wasn't uh, wasn't meant to be. And then we finally got the mystery of the bag solved. Uh, it, was a, it was a boa, a boa constrictor. Uh, probably about a 10-foot boa constrictor yeah. in that bag. I'm not really that scared of snakes, but I'm surprised he was that comfortable with the snake. <laughs> Um, he, he so Jake rubbed the snake's yeah, face, like face on Lanny's face. Then the snake was like, uh, what do you call? Like tongue was out. Like, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah, I can. I mean, it was it. a live snake, obviously. It yeah, like no, it was crop. a real snake. Uh, the snake. There's so many, and we will have a full episode where we, you know, watch a Jake the Snake match. Maybe we can delve more into it at that point, just because this has been. A long, a long day for for everybody involved. But uh, Jake would basically get these snakes for maybe a, a couple weeks at a time from different snake ha- handlers, and uh, he would basically be in charge of the snakes, and he would like take them to his hotel and bring them to the. That's fine, but like, I mean, were they like he like had that snake's face like right in the you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just like asking for like just to like. I mean, these are like wild. I understand they're trained to a certain extent or something. Or I mean, as much as you can train a snake. Right. I'm just saying, like, that <laughs> seems dangerous. But, you know. Um, and then, like, at, he, like, carries off the snake and then, like, commentates. And he's like, wearing. Oh, the, like, Lanny's still unconscious in the ring and he's, like, carrying the snake off, walking to the back room. Yeah. It's just a whole ridiculous, like, spiel. And I, and I, and I think, like, if this match were to, to have been first, it, I would have really really been stoked on this match so you're saying that the science has been tainted science has been tainted a little bit by your exhaustion what, what is tainting the science in this case? i think that's that's a good way to, to sum it up <laughs> um uh, but yeah we'll talk about some jake stories more a little bit later but yeah he was responsible for like carrying those snakes there's a ton of stories about him like getting bit by the snake and shit like that. Yeah, I imagine with the way... He... Yeah, I've seen... I definitely remember... Why, their... Sorry, why Why didn't Lanny get a, a tag team partner? Jake was the first guy in the WWF to kind of have an animal mascot thing. Yeah. The British Bulldogs, who we saw earlier, eventually they got a bulldog. Uh, there was a guy named Ricky the Dragon Steamboat who got, like, a Komodo dragon. So Jake sort of ushered in the era of like the cartoon every not everybody but a lot of guys have actual animal mascots that they bring to the to the yeah. ring so he was kind of the forerunner of that and he was already known as jake the snake roberts but when he came to the wwf they were like we're gonna give you a fucking snake how do you feel about snakes he's like i don't really like them but for what you're paying me i'll do it what's in the bag yeah and it's so that was always like, always something you could play with and whenever you beat a guy guess what drape the snake over him that's what people wanted to see so uh, rank it. This could have been a really good match. Well, it was it was it was a fun match. It was a good match. That's what I'm saying. It was a good match, but um, I want to put it. Did you hold on really quick? You actually rated 
Chris Champion versus Don Valentine above Sid and Lee Scott? You did. I'm not. That's not a question. You fucking <laughs> Why did. Did you ask me then? Rhetorical, like. Why the fuck did you do that? That's the highest rated match of all the ones we've watched so far, and it was so shitty. <laughs> it wasn't good. Eric, you keep reverting back to this match. Let me have this match. It's already been done. You can't take it back once it's and and, and it was better. Than... Objectively, it wasn't. <laughs> Objectively, it wasn't. Okay. Where's where's Jake versus? Lee? I'm trying to figure out if this is like, and I know I'm ranking these like this is tough because now I'm ranking them in order of like what I've seen recently. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if that's fair to the community. Well, as long as the science checks out, that's that's it, as long as you take the exponents and you multiply them by what's inside the. I'm definitely doing that. Use PEMDAS. I am. Okay, well then you're fine. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never eat shredded wheat. Another bit of Eric's wisdom. That's like, that's the... Northeast, West. No, (laughs) what's the other one where, like... Pandas? Kids who play on freeway get dead. It's like kingdom, phylum, class, order. Oh, I've never heard that one. Yeah, well... Kids who play on freeway get dead? Something like that. Jesus. Yeah. It's morbid. Yeah, it is. It's an uh, upbeat family podcast <laughs> we're trying to run. It's not bad, so it's not, but anyway. Okay. okay. You know what? Let's move past this. Sure. Um, yeah, what's the number? Make it number seven. Okay, so it is replacing Okada versus Shibata, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Because it's not actually going to be seven, because we have number, like... Okada Shibata is like nine now or something, whatever. Uh, Okay, so... It's exactly where I want it to be. Is where I placed it. (laughs) Done, done, done. Well, we've got one more match. (laughs) Jesus, man. We've got one more match. We don't have a new number one. And we don't have a new last place. Even though Chris Champion versus Don Valentine, for all intents and purposes, should be last place. That should not, okay. But Ryan's an idiot, so it's not. Uh, So our our very last match that we're going to be watching here today is a handicap match. It's the second handicap match we've ever watched, so it's a two-on-one situation. Uh, The match is Big Van Vader versus Joe Thurman and T.A. McCoy. Um, In fact... You say were you saying something? No, just kidding. What? Nothing. Just gotta just finish. So this is. Has anyone that's listening to me right now? <laughs> has anyone ever been like deliriously tired, and then somebody like says something that's just stupid, but you just laugh real hard, just because you're so exhausted by just the circumstances that you're in. Me neither. Why, why are you, like, <laughs> making this your thing? Like, <laughs> we're, we're both going through purgatory together, so this is it's fine. I'm just, I'm trying to relate to the people. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you're a very unrelatable right now. <laughs> is that it? Because you ranked that fucking match so high at the expense of Rick Rude versus Pistol Pez Watley. But... Uh, yeah, so our last match, Big Van Vader versus Joe Thurman and T.A. McCoy. When I was listening back to some of the episodes in the archive, um, actually, it was in, I remember it was the match of Andy Kaufman versus Jerry Lawler, 
we talked about sitcoms and like what your favorite sitcoms over the year was. Do you remember what your answer was to that question? Like The Office or something. You did say that. Um, the Office not a sitcom. It, it is. You also said that. Uh, <laughs> Boy Meets World. Oh, that's a great sitcom. There was an episode of Boy Meets World where there was a wrestling episode where the uh, the fat kid yeah, friend, yeah. his dad was a pro wrestler. Yep. That guy was actually in real life a pro wrestler. That's Vader. So we're going to actually see Vader. Oh, nice. Way to tie on... this back in. <laughs> this is how you get like some energy back in the room. Okay. All right. You don't sound like it at all. You sound 75% dead, but we're going to try to get some energy back. But this is Big Van Vader versus Joe Thurman and T.A. McCoy. Remember how I said that there's two guys that I would never want to meet in a dark alley? One of them is Sid Vicious. The other one is fucking Vader. Vader may be the most terrifying looking wrestler of all fucking time. And I I don't think you can pay me enough to be an enhancement talent against Vader. Have you seen that Boy Meets World episode? No. So that's what... and Because... <laughs> He comes off as, like, a friendly guy. Okay. Like, he's a friendly, like, big, tough guy in that episode. Like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. In real life, I think he was generally regarded to be, like, a friendly guy. Yeah. But, you would A, you wouldn't want to piss him off. Yeah. And, B, he was just fucking intimidating as all hell. Yeah, that's why I'm curious, because I've never seen him in a wrestling setting. So, they, they kind of... I wouldn't ordinarily tell you this mm. detail about a match that we're about to watch, but they, they spoil it in the commentary before it happens. So it's probably fair game for me to tell you right now. He, one of the dudes that he's wrestling, there's two of them, he broke one of their backs in this match. How do they spoil it in the... Apparently, they, so they were recording the commentary after the match actually happened. Oh, okay. And so, like, this is the match everybody's been talking about. And then they're like, this is where he breaks Joe Thurman's gotcha. back. So they're going to mention that on commentary, so I'll just throw it out right there. He breaks the fucking dude's back. <laughs> so, FYI. So that's going to be the last match that we watch here today. Anything that you want to know <laughs> before we embark on this final quest? No, I just want to. Give me the match. All right, let's let's boy meets world it up. Yeah. Did, did Ben Savage have a cool catchphrase that we can say as we watch this? Thing? Oh, um, Cowabunga! Is that what he thought of? Not the mama. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. Ben Savage had a lot of good catchphrases. You can't you can't name one. I mean, he kind of grew throughout the show. It was different. Like you know, I can't. That's a panga. What a hot tamale! That was it. That was the one. Anyway, we'll watch the match. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. Big Ben Vader in a match recorded earlier against McCoy and Furman. This is the match they're all talking about, showing the power of Big Ben Vader. Now this awesome athlete destroyed two men, and you'll see a little bit later on when he executed the power bomb on Joe Thurman. This was the match where he broke the youngsters back. Here comes Thurman in. Now here it comes, the moment, and right there he breaks the back of Jotham. But Vader wasn't finished, he was going to intimidate the youngster, scream at him, look at this, right in his face, and it was over, one, two, three. 
Ladies and gentlemen, here's your winner, Big Fin Feeder! Alright, we just watched the sixth and final match of our marathon here today, our lightning round of six matches of eh, six or, or so minutes apiece, uh, give or take, something like that. Uh, what did you think of the match? It was good. Good, I enjoyed it. It was quick. Yeah. Short, to the point. Um, yeah, there's big guy. Big, big boy. Moving, uh, moving fairly quickly for. Yeah, no, but Vader was for especially for being near 400 pounds. Yeah. He was very agile. He's one of the best big men wrestlers I think I've ever ever seen in my time watching wrestling. He's super super physically impressive, especially in his prime, which. This is pretty much prime prime Vader at that uh, at that stage of things. But Ryan bounced back, so you went on a five and one record here today on this episode. You successfully guessed that Vader was going to be the victor, and lo and behold, he was. Let's go ahead and take a look at our notes for that match. <laughs> My first note: Is there an image that better represents pro wrestling than a four hundred pound man wearing a steampunk shoulder pad and demon helmet combination? while also holding a wizard staff with a skull on it. So the picture up there? That was the picture that we saw, yeah. I, no. <laughs> I think that's probably I, yeah. the, the right answer. <laughs> so yeah, the match starts, Vader poses. Again, this is a 400-pound former uh, NFL football player. He's got like a, a weird mask thing on. He, he wears that in Boy Meets World, too. Just, he, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume. I think yeah. he's yeah, playing himself. Uh, Vader's punches were... Fucking stiff. Yeah. Like, they looked brutal. This was one thing I did notice. Uh, he was not wearing gloves at this point in time. Later on in his career, he would start wearing gloves, and he was notorious for never washing his gloves. So people hated wrestling him because his gloves stunk like shit. Mm, yeah. So a little fun fact for you. There was the huge, huge splash in the corner where he just charges the guy, it just yeah. runs belly first, it just lands right on him in the turnbuckle. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, right around that point, uh, the one dude uh, tags out. There was the choke slam, which looked fucking brutal, where Vader picked up Joe Thurman, slammed him, and like that move looked brutal. Like it literally folded Thurman in half. And then a little bit later, that's when the powerbomb happened, that again, he looked like a, a hot dog bun uh, when he landed on the mat. And that, I don't know if he actually technically broke his back, but he was in the hospital that night. He wasn't really moving. No, he was more, there was like some very little arm and yeah, leg stuff. Yeah. But yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of movement uh, after that happened. So, and to his credit, and actually this is something I wanted to kind of get your opinion uh, on, but. To Vader's credit, he didn't try to fuck with the guy after that. Yeah. I've seen matches where, like, somebody had a broken neck and the guy kept trying to, like, pick him up and do other shit. Like, Vader just sort of, like, he did roll him over, but then he didn't even, like, put any body no. weight on him whatsoever. And so, like, he, he and wouldn't, like, it looked like the ref was trying to, like, pull him up and he was, like, probably checking on him. Like, like, like yeah. Vader was like, are you okay? Yeah, like, like Vader like, yeah. was talking to him, yeah. trying to check on him and see if he's okay, and then, yeah. like, got word, like, oh, he's not okay. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of what was going. And you could tell something was yeah. awry. You could even see it on Vader's face a little bit. Like he was a little concerned um, for the dude. Uh, so just kind of an interesting, interesting little match there. 
after the match, supposedly, Vader was inconsolable, like crying backstage. He was very upset about it. He did spend several hours with uh, Thurman in the hospital that night. And apparently, Joe Thurman went on to become a police officer. So oh. all's well that ends well uh, in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, what a good ending to, you know. Yeah, a little, little bookend yeah. here. All right, we got to do this one more fucking time. I feel like we've sworn more on this podcast than we yeah. ordinarily do. I feel like our, our patience level is wearing thin, but what do you think? Uh, number 10. You number 10? So replacing Lawler and Funk? Yeah. Okay. I have no idea where that puts everything. Uh, all I know is that our number one is still the same, and the number 25 is still the Steiner Brothers versus Harlem Heat in the last place spot. That was the one you sent me, right? Yeah. As one you rewatched and wasn't, you uh, wasn't too bad. you actually kind of <laughs> but that's fine. That does you know that if only science is changing. Science is it's it's, it's an evolving thing. Evolution. We all are familiar with that. Anything else that you really need to get off your your mind, your chest, Ryan? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, then let's move on to Eric's wisdom tree. This is one I've been holding on to for a little while. Yeah, it, it has no rhyme or reason with anything that we've been talking about, but I, I think it's important that people know. I've been saving it for a, a monumental episode like episode 20. I am, let me preface this. I'm not saying this about all car people. Yeah. It's fine to be a car person, especially if you like the mechanics of, of like, how do I put something together and take it apart? You know, I want to learn a new skill, etc. Like I totally get that. And I think, I think that that's like a valuable thing, but, Here's what I will say. Car people are the most obnoxious fucking people. I, as a general rule, hate car people. And I think that if you use your car as a form of creative expression, you're an idiot. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> I could not agree more. And I don't know if it's because, like, I don't have a great understanding of cars and I don't give a shit what car you drive. And, like, people are like, you know, what kind of your dream car like what would you right. have in your garage i don't even have a garage <laughs> but you, like i don't give a shit about cars i just it gets me from a to b yeah if it if it works yeah you know like that's fine and like me. the act of repairing a car and knowing how to do this thing totally yourself, again totally that'd be a great skill to have but like going out and purchasing base that rattles my home like, you know that that's affecting other people. Do you and Heather just hate bass? I hate it when... I hate anything that affects my life that is not caused by me directly. That's not really a, that's not really a car person thing, though. I think you're just upset about some kid driving by with their bass up too high. Well, I mean, you, you'd have to be a car person to, like, get speakers and a sound system in your car. You could have that. shitty bass. Like, I used to drive around with shitty bass. I mean, maybe. I feel like car people that well, and this also expands out to not just, you know, sound stuff, but uh, bumper stickers. Uh, bumper stickers are completely unnecessary. If I see you out driving and you have any sort of NFL-related bumper sticker, yeah. I'm going to immediately assume that you are a fucking asshole driver. Immediately. Okay. Just want to say one thing about it, because I saw one this morning. Yes. It was like this old like Ford F one fifty like a, like straight off the farm like F one fifty sure and it had a Kamala Harris for president bumper sticker on the back and I just thought it was so refreshing 
that, that sure that is refreshing but i even if it's like a stance that i you know don't hate i don't feel like it's necessary to push your opinions on people strangers while out driving i i find that uh annoying yeah and like i said anyone anyone with an nfl bumper sticker of any kind if you have any any sort of nfl i don't care what license plate holder whatever not all shitty drivers are NFL fans, but anyone with an NFL decal of any kind is a shitty driver. I guarantee you that. Take it to the bank. Yeah, I mean, I am. I, I, where are you seeing all these like NFL bumper stickers? I see them all the time. Really, I always see like it's always like the guy pissing or like. Uh, I mean, you or like probably... a political like bumper sticker. Like, like I never really see. I see a lot of Seahawks. Or, like, the little fucking family that sits on the back where they, like, go down by, like, size. Yeah, I mean, I think that's dumb, but uh, I I don't have any... I don't have a strong opinion about them, but, like, I see a lot of people with Seahawks stuff, and I just know that... Baby on board. It's an annoying one, too. Yeah, dude. That one, I can... No, it's... I can almost... uh, Because you don't want people to fuck with you. No, that's not it. There's some, like... I don't want to, like, overuse the word Karen right now, but that, like, mom with that haircut, that's all, you know, like... What do you think the purpose of it is? I've always interpreted it as, hey, don't tailgate me, don't, like, do dangerous stuff around me. Of course not. They just, like, need everyone to know that they have a baby. Like, they're important (laughs) because they have a kid. Like, that's they're a mom. Like, they're taking their kid to soccer practice. You're a a real glass. That's the most annoying bumper sticker, in my opinion. Like, baby on board. You think some asshole who's tailgating is going to give a shit anyway? Like... Oh, giving your baby whiplash. Yeah, they yeah. You? I guess not. I, that's I hadn't even thought about it that way. But no. uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's Eric's wisdom tree. You got a bunch of bonus wisdom too. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, no. but there was some bonus wisdom sprinkled throughout. Next episode, if we if if I can ever agree for Ryan to come back uh, here to Hedonism Four and record another episode, just to give everyone that little teaser that they're ever so curious about. Next episode, we're going to see Ryan's favorite wrestler again, the Ultimate Warrior, when he takes on Macho Man Randy Savage. Perfect. <laughs> or we can change it. If, if that's going to be your deal breaker and you won't come back, then maybe we'll, we'll change it up. I don't know. But that's what I had planned for on deck. Anything you want to impart to our listeners? Anything? I've given everything that I have to the listeners tonight. He, he's lying splayed out on the floor. He looks like the woman who got smooched by Ravishing Rick. He's just writhing on the ground orgasmic right now. He's given everything. He has no more left to give you. Uh, with that said, uh, if you're not hard, get hard. That was enthusiastic. If, I'll try again. If, if you're not hard, get hard. And once you get hard, Stay hard. Take it sleazy, everybody. Episode 20. Woo-hoo! Any professional, like, person were to be able to suck their own dick, I think it would be professional wrestlers. <laughs>